know we do some weird shit, but if some, yeah, just saying, like we we do have our moments. Um, like, <laughs> we live in that moment. We live. <laughs> Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly Universal Needs Notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Hello. So we are on episode two of our little mini series on self first. So in the last episode, what we did was we looked to getting a little bit more specific about what self first is, about what self isn't, and about some of the nuance around it that can help make it a little bit, bit clearer. Today, we're going to look at one of the most important things, actually, when it comes to uh, talking about being self first. And that is the difference between not doing, uh, sorry, the difference between doing harm and not meeting needs that were never your responsibility. Now, the reason this is so important is that one of the challenges people have is when it comes to being self first is not really understanding what it means to negatively affect somebody else's needs or to do harm to another person. And obviously, if we're looking at the definition of self first being taking care of our needs as a priority at the minimum in ways that do not do harm to others, it's really important to understand exactly what that means. Now, one of the challenges that happens around this is that people are so used to meeting other people's needs for them, even when it's not their job, even when it's not their responsibility, um, maybe because of their conditioning, maybe because that's what they saw their parents do or other people do. Maybe it's a strategy to try to get their own needs met. Like, I'm going to take care of your needs because then you'll need me. So it means that you won't leave me or you'll like me or you'll spend more time with me or whatever it is in order to help support our needs, um, that what they end up doing is they perceive stopping that as negatively impacting the other person. So if you're doing, if you've been doing throughout your life quite a bit of stuff to meet other people's needs, the perception is if I stop doing that, I'm negatively impacting the other person. But the thing is, there is a massive difference between doing harm to another person and not meeting needs that were never your responsibility, but the other person feels entitled to. The other person feels entitled to maybe because you've always done it. Maybe because they believe that's how it should be. Maybe uh, because they've got so used to you doing it that they believe that that's how it's meant to be. Um, because you've been doing it so for so long, for example. Um, and the thing about it is, is it's important to remember that not giving someone else your time and energy or something they feel entitled to, which you do not owe them, is is not the same as negatively impacting them. I'm going to say it one more time. Not giving someone your time and energy, or something that they feel entitled to, which you do not owe them, is not the same as negatively impacting them. Saying no to somebody for something that is not your responsibility 
is not negatively impacting them. The thing about it is, is that people should be grateful when you do things that meet their needs because it's not your job. It's not your responsibility. If and I remember contextually, we're talking about here who uh, adults who are capable and able have the ability to meet their own needs. Um, it's our responsibility to take care of those for ourselves. So when somebody else comes along and meets needs in that context, we should be grateful for that because it's an above and beyond. It's something we get as a bonus. But the thing is, they don't have a right to it. And since we've been taught to be very codependent in our relationships, and most people don't know how to meet their own needs, which is the key here, those people do end up often expecting it, which means that they perceive the removal of such behaviors to be harmful to them. That is not what harm is. This is not the case. The thing about it is we have a responsibility to be respectful of others, to not do harm to others, but we do not have the responsibility to meet needs if they are the adult who has the capacity and the ability, well, no, the ability to meet it for themselves. Sometimes we don't have the capacity to meet our own needs in the way we would want to, but we have the capacity to meet our needs in the way that we can. That's how we do it. That's us taking care of our needs and taking responsibility for meeting our needs. But if we are an adult who has the ability to meet our needs for ourselves it is our responsibility to do so like so I'm just want to I want to give like a a kind of a weird um an extreme example to this and it's something that we've used um previously so imagine if for some bizarre reason I know we do some weird shit but if some (laughs) yeah I'm just saying like we we do have our moments um we live in that moment we live (laughs) It's home. That's where like weird shit is at home. Um, So if imagine for some weird reason, if since being an adult, I had been feeding Serena every meal that she'd ever had. I mean, that's weird just on its own. I mean, I'm just saying. It was interesting. I saw, what did I see the other day? It was um, one of these, um, one of my guilty pleasures is um, is some of the... Um, crap TV. Very, very <laughs> crap TV. Very crap TV. And this was one of the, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it's Bachelor or Married at First Sight. I mean, yeah, I've got some really terrible taste in TV shows at times. Um, something that I just do not need to think about. Well, actually, though, although actually it can be very interesting looking at them from a needs perspective and seeing the behaviors from a needs perspective. Very reali- reality shows when you Ooh. get into needs, it's like, oh, yes. it, brings, it brings a whole new level dynamic. And I want to think about what I'm about to say very um, carefully, very carefully. Because it adds another layer of learning and growth for Claire and I to be able to watch something and identify it in a show that... Looking at it through a needs lens. Yes, exactly. Looking mm-hmm. through it through a needs lens. And what I didn't want to say is kind of getting an entertainment value out of unmet oh, yeah. needs. Yeah. And that's not it. But it's it's looking through that lens and being and like... And it's understand. It helps you sometimes understand it even better. Yes. When you go, oh, that's what that that's that need and that's that need. It's like it's, it can be... Very interesting to see how unmet needs and these dynamics play out. So I was watching one of these shows and there was a guy who described himself as like a consummate gentleman. And the, the, the morning after this couple had spent their first night together, um, he, was, he was wanting to feed her breakfast. And she was a little bit like, um, actually, no, I'm, I'm a grown woman. I can do that for myself. And not only can I do that for myself, I want to do it for myself. It doesn't feel good. And I, I mean, especially like contextually also, this guy has a 
daughter. Like uh, he's like a um, a child. So I think it felt very kind of like dad feeding a child. Like it did, something about it, the whole thing felt a bit. Hmm, I'm not really sure. And maybe there are people who like it, and maybe there are people who that would work for for work for both people. No problem. Um, like you do you as far as long as you're not harming yourself mm-hmm. or anybody else you do you but for me I might like, just didn't feel like something I would have enjoyed and obviously the other woman in this situation also felt the same way I was like mm, yeah no I don't think that I don't think I want that thank you very much <laughs> um so imagine in a very very weird world um that since Serena was adult I had been feeding her every single meal now she has no reason that I would be feeding her every single meal she has the ability to feed herself it is just something that I have done and she's got into the habit of me doing it now imagine how if one day out of the blue all of a sudden I say actually I'm not going to feed you today because she's got used to it and there's a certain level of expectation because it's always happened there's the perception that I'm doing harm to her because I'm quote unquote removing something from her that was meeting her needs well yes technically speaking I am removing something that was meeting her needs but here's the kicker I'm removing something that I was doing that was never my job or responsibility. I mean, Serena could be grateful that I had fed her every meal. I'm not sure she would have been. (laughs) I know I I wouldn't have been. Only if you do it as a choo-choo. Well, and the thing about it is, is like, I don't know if, like, if, if someone did that for me, would they be able to do a clear mouthful? I believe I could. You could do a clear bite. Like a clear bite. The we, perfect bite perfect with pie. one little bit of yes. everything on the bite. That's I'm a, a one clear of those, bite. Yeah, one of those weird people. I like to have everything on every single bite. Um, and I always like to have the best bite last. Like it's just, yeah. She pushes it aside. I'm like, oh, there goes her best bite. There's She's my best bite. That I'm saving that for the end. <laughs> I did say we were a bit weird. I was not lying. Um, So imagine that I've stopped doing this. The perception is that I have taken something away from her. But in reality, all those years, although, I mean, it may not feel feel like it, given the example I'm giving, I was doing something extra to meet her needs that was a bonus and something that she could have been grateful for in that period of time. But the removal of that is not something to... um, be perceived as harm because it's not it was something was never my responsibility it was just something I was doing uh, as an above and beyond now it might have been viewed by both parties as something that should be happening because we're both in a habit of doing it so this can sometimes take a little bit of unlearning because we need to sort of step back and go actually is this my responsibility is this something I'm meant to be doing I mean I actually know that um you've had some situations and I'm I'm going off piste here I know um but in a work situation where you've been doing things Mm -hmm. that actually are above and beyond but because you've always done them people have come to expect them I I know I've been in the same situation with uh, working environments in the past as well where all of a sudden the I'm stopping doing that Like it feels weird to you to stop Mm -hmm. doing it because you've always been doing it. So there's an element of, oh no, I feel like I should be doing it. Like I feel like this is my job and my responsibility, even though it's not. Mm -hmm. So it's about like, sometimes it can help with these situations to look at extreme examples and give these kind of, in that situation, what would that be? So taking that extreme example of I've fed um, Serena every single meal with lots of Claire bites um, <laughs> for every meal that she's had since she's been an adult. And then if I stopped doing that, when you start looking at it in that situation, like, well, that's not harming. That's just not doing the thing that we've been doing that has happened to have met somebody's needs above and beyond what they're doing for themselves. And the challenge is a lot of the time is that because 
we don't know how to, people don't know how to meet their own needs. Somebody else stopping meeting their needs appears to be abandoning them or taking something away from them. But in actual fact, if you continue doing something for somebody else to meet their needs, which is not your job and responsibility, you're actually removing off, not your, um, by, by stopping to doing that, you give them the opportunity to learn how to do it for themselves. So it's about recognizing this from all of these different layers and seeing that not only is it something that we are, it's, it's, it's not our job and not our responsibility. We're not harming them. But in actual fact, sometimes we can be offering them something by stopping taking that responsibility and stopping doing something for them and actually helping them to learn one, how to meet the need for themselves, how to do it for themselves. Because that's the thing, we don't know how to meet our needs, which is why when somebody else kind of pulls away, who's been doing something, we say like, no, you can't do that to me. But I'll starve. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, I yeah. mean... Exactly. If, if I get hungry, then if she's not there, I can. Well, and not only that, myself. but if you haven't, if you haven't learned how to do that for yourself, you would soon figure it out. Yes. A great example. Well, great example. Weird example. Um, when I was at university, I was um, in my very first year. I was in halls of residence, and there was a guy who was in the halls of residence with us, um, who um, he'd never been taught how to cook a meal. I mean, when you think about it. 18 years old and never learned how to cook any meal. Um, we didn't realize this. And so we, um, and this is, I mean, showing my age here before Google. Um, so we, it wasn't as easy to find things out as it is these days. Um, and so, um, he, what we, the pattern that happened was we were noticing he ate every single meal at the fast food joint on campus. And we were like, he's every meal he's there and so we ended up having a conversation with him and it turned out lo and behold he didn't know how to meet he didn't know how to cook for himself he figured it out he went and 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 ordered food on at the, the place on campus if he hadn't been able to afford to do that he probably would have been able to find his way to a local shop and buy a loaf of bread and a thing of butter and like he would have gone from there i actually taught him how to make beans on toast because and then for the for the longest time, that's all he ate as well, because that was how he knew, that was what he knew how to make. And eventually, like, as we all spent time together, he learned how to cook different things and everything. But this is the thing is that if you don't know, if someone doesn't know how to do it, and it is part of their survival needs, it's part of their trunk needs, especially in this day and age, they're going to figure it out. They're going to be able to find out how to do it. They're going to be able to Google it. They're going to be able to figure out how to do it. So it's not that they can't do it. It's just that in a lot of these cases, it's easier for you to do it for them because that's what they're used to. And that initial, oh my goodness, you're not going to do it for me anymore. And the thought is, well, my needs are, subconsciously is like, my needs aren't going to get met or I don't know how to do it. Well, you know what? This is a great opportunity to figure it out. That's an empowering thing. Absolutely. Learning how to be able to do that for yourself. And when we do that, when we do things for other people, that's not our job and responsibility consistently where we are, that are these, these other people are becoming dependent on us for getting our needs met. That's one of those places where that dependency creates a disempowerment. And we'll, we'll go into this in another uh, podcast episode, I'm sure. But by removing, doing that for them, removing that dependency, they have to learn how to figure it out for themselves. And that's, that's more empowering. You can support someone in learning how how to do it for themselves um as we did with the, the guy who was living on campus i taught him how to make several meals because he didn't know and at the time it was harder to find out um so i supported him with that but i didn't go oh you know what you don't have to go i'll cook for you every single meal because if i'd done that he would never have learned how to cook for himself and that's basically how he got to that point in life was somebody cooked every meal for him and he'd never learned and they'd never taught him so he got off 
to this place where he was first like finally on his own for the first time in life and then he was like oh I don't know how to do this but I know how to order from a fast food restaurant so that's what he did Mm -hmm. so it's this is it's it's important to look at this and look at the layers to it because it's not always as simple as it seems but it's base level we have this responsibility to be respectful, to not do harm, but we do not have the responsibility to meet needs. If they are an adult who has the ability to do it for themselves, that is not our job and responsibility. We can choose to, we can support with, but it is not our responsibility. So saying no or stopping doing that is not doing harm to another person. I want to give a couple of examples that are a little uh, less extreme or weird. <laughs> um, and the first one is an example of when it's, something does do damage to somebody. So if I'm angry about something and I shout at somebody else, this is me meeting my needs in a way that is harmful to another person. It's not respecting them and it will ne- negatively impact their needs, their security need, their emotional expression and e- emotional experience and expression need. Multiple needs are impacted if I am yelling. There is another way f- Yes. <laughs> I, yes, you're absolutely right. I just wanted to jump in. The reason that a security need would would probably be up at that point is if you're shouting at somebody else, they're probably not going to feel safe. Mm-hmm. That might be they don't feel emotionally safe or they might not feel physically safe around you. And it might damage their, it might affect their emotional experience, especially because it will end up triggering stuff in them that they otherwise wouldn't be experiencing and, and needing to express. So sorry, I just wanted to add that to what you were saying. No, that is completely <laughs> okay. So that's an that's an area that, that we would be doing harm. Um, and there are other ways, there are always other options that could be handled in a way that meets your needs without impacting the other. Mm-hmm. Now, to reference something that is not our responsibility, mm-hmm. if I've been volunteering to help a friend with something, if that volunteering to help them move or to come and make them dinners for a week because they've, you know, had a traumatic experience or something like that. Or just like make, like make them, like take them to a gross, take them grocery shopping once a week um, or cook meals for them once a week, every week. These things, these things tend to show up. <clears throat> these experiences tend to show up when people are in a pattern of doing something over and over again for a long period of time. That That's the, that's the place that it, it shows up. Uh, most frequently, but I have a funny example. If I remember, I'm going to circle back to it. All right, I'll try. I'll try to help you remember. <laughs> Thank to you. Circle back. <laughs> um, so these these little like favors that we do that kind of become the consistent. And it's like, oh, just you know, well, I don't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. And if there, I all of a sudden realize I no longer have the capacity to do it, and I say no to not doing it in the future. That's not harming the other person. It was nice that I was going to be able to help them to move and that I was able to do what I could. But me not honoring my capacity and saying I'm actually not able to do that any further isn't harming them. It's just no longer helping them. Mm -hmm. In a place, um, Claire referenced it earlier, a place where I have experienced this multiple times is in a work situation. And an example of this would be taking on projects that aren't your responsibility to help others out. Um, I used to fall into that pattern. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then it became almost expected. Mm -hmm. And so then when I didn't have the capacity to do it anymore, the time or the resources, saying no, it was, it has been situations where it's almost earth shattering to them. They're like, what? 
It's, but, but how is how it gonna, dare you? Yeah, how is this gonna get done? Right? Well, how did it get done before me? How is it gonna get done after me? Saying no was not harming those people because it wasn't part of my job responsibility in the first place. I was being helpful. I was going, doing a little bit extra, and in my own defense, yes, I made it the con- the constant, and it became something I was doing regularly. But me deciding that it was no longer serving me to do that is not harm. That mm-hmm. is just not my job responsibility. And I'm glad that I could do it for the time that I could. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, it doesn't mean I have to continue forever. So I have another extreme and utterly ridiculous example of this. Um, just because it was something I saw in a post a while ago. Um, like I think it was in the last week or so where... Somebody was um, asking for um, advice, and it was one of these that funny things that got that went viral because it was so ridiculous. Um, this uh, person was saying that they um, they have, were a single parent and they had a, a child. Funnily enough, most parents do. <laughs> um, and um, what they were saying was that there there was a um, they'd had a babysitter and they'd hired a babysitter to babysit for the child. And the, what they were saying was because the um, person had chose, had accepted a quote unquote father role by babysitting for the parent, could they go after them for child maintenance because they had assumed a fatherly responsibility. And so they believed that they could get child maintenance from this person because they had assumed that responsibility. And it's like, hold on a second, let's break this down. And when you look at it, I mean, it, it's a risk. I mean, it, it's an extreme example. If you if you were watching the video, you will have seen Serena's face <laughs> when I said that. And it's like, people like, most people- In what, in what world? Right, <laughs> most people look at that and go, what? How would you even think this is possible? But again, it's like a lot of the time in that situation, I don't know how to get my needs met. I don't know how to to get my child's needs met. So there's some kind of warped reasoning. And I always say the brain is a fantastic machine. It will convince us of utterly ridiculous things to try to get our unmet needs met. And in this situation, no, he didn't take on a fathership role. He took on a job as a babysitter. He was paid as a babysitter. He did a job as a babysitter. At no point was he assuming the responsibility for the child. So, I feel like that would come with a contract or something. Right? <laughs> and and so his, and obviously, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that if this person had approached this guy and said to him, oh, I'm coming after you for father, uh, for child support because you took on this fatherly role, I'm guessing he probably said no, or words to that effect. <laughs> um, oh, I bet the words were not to that effect, but... <laughs> So, and, and again, it's like, that was never his job. That was never his responsibility. Expecting him to meet that need was completely unreasonable. And him not meeting that need was not doing either of the other parties harm in that situation. But sometimes it can help. That's why I said, like going to an extreme example can be like, wait, no, that's ridiculous. But sometimes because the subtleties in the day to day, because we're so conditioned and we're so in these habits, they can be sometimes, um, tough to spot because we're so used to doing things or we're so used to other people doing things that we actually don't stop and notice where actually that's not their job that's not my job saying no is perfectly reasonable in this situation so sometimes taking things to an extreme can can help 
So, go ahead. I was going to say, I know you have a personal example that is a great one for this. Yes. Um, and so I, I have um, had some ex-partners. <laughs> there are, I've, I've had one or two. Um, it's not always been the, um, the best dynamics that I've seen with um, people who I've been in relationship with and other family members, for example. So, uh, I mean, this is going back quite some time now. Um, there was a very poor relationship between this person's parents. And um, because of the poor relationship between the parents, what ended up happening was is that, the, um, is that one of these parents started to put expectations on the ex that I was um, uh, dating at the time uh, that were never his. Um, were not his responsibility and were not appropriate either. These were needs that should have been met either by her, by themselves or within the context of their, um, of their intimate relationship within their lives or even sometimes with friends. Like there were other ways of getting these need met, this need met. Um, but it was definitely never the son's responsibility and it wasn't appropriate for her to expect that those needs to be met by the son. So the interesting thing was when he said no to these things or to put boundaries down and establish a more um, or a less toxic dynamic, shall we say, in uh, in that relationship, she acted like he had harmed her. Like she acted like he he traumatized her because um, she felt abandoned or she felt like she wasn't being supported. And what ended up happening was... Um, it ended up causing this kind of almost sense of guilt in him, even though there was a part of him that knew, this is not okay. This is not reasonable. It's not my job. I shouldn't be doing this. But because that expectation was there from her, that put this kind of unspoken pressure on him that meant that him saying no to a completely unreasonable way of behaving was perceived as him doing harm to her. In fact, all he'd done was say, say no to an unhealthy and toxic dynamic between them and to responsibilities that were never his to have. She could have sought help from a number of different ways. She could have gone and uh, got um, a professional help with like a therapist, um, like relationship counseling. She could have gone to the partner. She could have gone to friends. There were all kinds of different places she could have gone to get those needs met. Um, she could have learned to meet them for herself. That's another option. Um and so because there were other ways of her meeting those needs and she was an adult who had the ability to meet these needs for herself, it was not him. He was not doing harm to her by saying no. And he was not doing harm to her by putting boundaries down. And this is one of the things I see so often in, um, in when I talk, when I work with clients around needs, there is often a lot of guilt and a lot of expectation, sense of obligation around family dynamics and around uh, the expectation of what should what should be done what somebody should do what 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 makes you a quote unquote good son or a good daughter or a good brother or a good sister or a, like un, like you name it any family relationship there is these uh just because somebody else has an expectation that you should do it a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it's your responsibility and doesn't mean that saying no or putting boundaries down is you harming that other person that is just we have to remember what boundaries are boundaries are simply telling other people uh, what isn't isn't okay. Your boundaries are what isn't isn't okay with you. And so communicating that or um, creating um, situations that 
honor that and that create what's okay for you and stop what is not okay for you is not you harming another person as long as it's being done in a way that doesn't cause direct harm to another person. Obviously, that's where we're talking about if you've got dependence or how it's done or um, those sorts of things. Um, But that's not harming another person. That is you taking responsibility for your needs and not taking responsibility for needs that are not yours. I have an example that actually kind of tacks right on to the family dynamics, but I'm going to get a little specific with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get specific with a generalized example. How about that? <laughs> um, I like your work. <laughs> so what I'm going to touch upon is something that was very present for um, a lot of people in my life this year. It was mm-hmm. not something that I specifically dealt with myself. However, I was witness to this, and it was interesting kind of sitting on the sidelines seeing these family dynamics around the holidays mm-hmm. and um, something that we call it like holiday guilt. And a lot of it was around tradition, how things have looked forever, what we have done forever, what the family has always done. What they expect to happen. And the mm-hmm. expectations that even if a family changes, if it's uh, two partners that then have a child, they want that entire family unit to follow in suit with tradition because that's what meets the needs of the person kind of um, judging or having those expectations yes. or demanding D- that the, things be done a certain way. And yeah. The demanding is kind of what really stuck with me because mm-hmm. I had multiple um, friends who had issues with the holiday tradition in location. Oh, we're going to pack up the whole car and I'm going to, you know, bring my child to this place four hours away and they can't spend the holidays in their own house. And But we have to do this because if not, we're going to have to deal with this person and this person. They're going to say this and this is going to happen. And, you know, oh, and then we're going to be the bad people in the family. And I heard these dialogues of mm-hmm. spinning into this holiday guilt. And I'm like, oh, but you, there, there are other options. A, like there's other ways to get these tradition needs met or the needs that the tradition is meeting yeah there's another way to meet yeah. these mm-hmm. and it i mean it really it was really weird stepping back and being the need for tradition wasn't the need right there was another need underlying that that tradition was meeting or multiple needs or multiple cases, needs yeah so whether it was like the physical location or we have to we have to watch a movie on christmas because that's our tradition and if we don't watch a movie somehow christmas has been ruined in if you're the person saying no we're not going to do this you've ruined christmas right there right. that's it it's done like and it's and like to talk about some of the needs that may have sat like underneath that. So it could be, for example, um, uh, by you being here, I feel connected with you. So it's meeting mm-hmm. my love and connection need. Uh, or it may be that um, the secure that the security need is being met by the tradition because it's comfortable, it's familiar, it's what's always happened, and so um, that need is being met now. Not necessarily in the best possible way, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the most effective way, but that's one of the ways it's been met. Um, it could be emotional experience expression. The only way I get to experience this emotion that I want to experience around the holidays is if we do this thing in this way at this time with these people in this location. And it's like, hold on a second. Maybe there's another way of meeting those needs. All the tradition was was a strategy for those people to get some of those needs met. Yeah. And when you focus on what the actual need was, you may, like Claire said, find other ways to meet that need. So if it's the connection aspect of it, maybe there could be, you know, you don't want to travel for um, so long that that doesn't actually serve you. 
Maybe you could do a phone call or a Zoom call or let's do a date. Send videos. Send video. A date that works a little bit better where Mm -hmm. it's not crammed into the holiday season. I mean, families want to start their own traditions and there's a lot of guilt surrounding wanting to start your own tradition if it takes away from, if it appears to take away from somebody else and to harm somebody else. And I kind of want to just put it, you know, I can't get this thought out of my head is thinking of families getting together for the holidays and those kind of dynamics. I don't know many of them that go the way that they're supposed to (laughs) when you're actually in that situation. As an adult, like those gatherings, it's like, you have to manage yourself. You have to manage your expectations. You're like, what's, oh, is what's this- really funny is I just heard the plane come over, but because of the sound that came through initially, it was it was like a like a bomb, like it was like kind of there, and it was like oh, that actually really correlates to what you're saying because sometimes that's exactly how it feels. It's like oh, we think it's going to be this amazing thing, boom, and like it blows up in everybody's faces. Well, and a lot of times, if you think about the the pre tradition, getting to that point. Um, family dynamics that I've been involved in. It's like, oh, this person's going to be like this. And you're working yourself up before. Mm -hmm. So you go into it with, you know, you're like, oh, I hope this is the best Christmas ever. And then when stuff starts to go awry, you're like, well, I knew this was going to happen. And the anxiety ahead of time also compromises needs because it creates a situation in which you're afraid about your needs not getting met in the future. I mean, there's so many layers to this. And I think the thing to remember with this is that this in this situation, tradition, tradition was a strategy for how people wanted to get their needs met. That's the key. And this is there is a big difference between the need and the preference somebody has for the way they want to get the need met and the way they want to get the need met is not necessarily the most effective. It's not something you are necessarily responsible responsible for. It's not necessarily the best way of getting the needs met. It's just the way that they would like to get it met. And just because that's how somebody would like to get it met doesn't mean that by stopping them from doing, like by not engaging, it's not even like you're stopping them. If you want to do that tradition, that's fine. But if I want to not partake in that, me not doing things the way you would like them to be done is not the same as me stopping your need from being met. The need itself is a must. The way that we want to get the need met is a preference. And we're going to do, we'll do another podcast. We'll do a podcast episode so specifically on that because there's a massive difference between the need and the preference that most people have for the way they get the need met. And the issue is most people get stuck on the preference and that's what happens with the tradition. Mm-hmm. They get stuck on, it has to be this way. We have to do it. This, this is the only way to get this need met because they're thinking the need is the tradition and it's not. The need is the things that are the tradition meets and once you understand what the needs are underneath it opens up this whole plethora of options of other ways of getting the need met but here's the thing a lot of people don't want to look at what those other options are because they're so attached to the preference for the way they want to do it if there are other alternatives if they accept there are other alternatives or admit there are other alternatives no longer do they feel that they can use that as a way of putting pressure on the other person to do the thing that they would like in order to get their needs met in the way they, they would want to so this is the thing is that once and again once we know that once we know this and once we understand this we can say okay I understand that that you would like things to happen this way here are the things that I need 
to do for myself, for my family. And I understand that you're probably going to be disappointed. You can still empathize with somebody else. You can say, I get that you're going to be disappointed because this is not the way you would like it to be. And right now I don't have the capacity. Right now we're starting our own traditions. Right now you don't even have to give an explanation. The answer just actually we're not going to do that this year is enough. You may want to give a little bit more context because it may soften the blow a little bit or the perceived blow um, of we're not going to do things the way that we want that you would want us to do them. But we need to get very, very clear on this difference between preference and uh, need and the fact that the 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 difference between doing harm and the difference between doing things that were never your responsibility. If it was not your responsibility, choosing not to do it is not doing harm to another person. So there's another example. Is there anything you want to add to that before I move on? No, I'm just realizing that I feel sorry for all those years that I made my mother watch a Christmas story every Christmas morning (laughs) until I saw the whole thing. But I'd consistently year after year fall asleep through it repeatedly throughout the day so until I saw every clip of the movie it didn't have to be in order I was not I made it was it must have been torture Torture. for her yeah Mm -hmm. yeah sorry mom it's funny the things that we realize when you when you kind of go through this and that was very light it was a humor it's a humorous example but this is something that's really serious for a lot of people and this is something that actually creates rifts in families yeah the holiday tradition and people's desire to do something different to meet their needs rather than the need of the person who is really holding on to that. Absolutely. And we, we're going to do another podcast episode in the future about um, about traditions that are getting passed on because they used to meet a need and they don't actually meet a need anymore. Because that's another thing is that so often traditions were created for a purpose because they met needs at a certain time in a certain location with certain certain people. But actually those traditions may now compromise needs rather than meet them. So there might be different ways of doing things. So we're going to get to that in another episode as well. So the final um, example that I have was I was talking to a friend a while ago and she was explaining a situation in which she'd said no to a friend of hers who had expected her to help them out with something. I can't remember even exactly what the example was. And this person acted like she'd harmed them, like she'd done something like horrific to them. Um, But the reality was there were so many other ways of them meeting that same need. It just wasn't as easy. It just wasn't convenient. And sometimes it actually required them putting some energy and effort into it rather than leaving all of that at somebody else's door. And I think that's quite often what it is. It's like, oh, well, if this person is going to do this, when this person does this, I don't have to use as much energy. I don't have to put in as much effort. I don't have to think about this at all. So it's easier and simpler. But we, in order for us to have healthy, mutually fulfilling relationships, things have to work for both people. And if you do, if, if there is that expectation of you doing something and you do it for somebody else because that's what the expectation has been, if it doesn't truly work for you, if it crosses your boundaries, if it's something that's not in alignment with your capacity, whether you're aware of it or whether or not, it will build a teeny tiny piece of resentment within that relationship. And until that gets addressed, and normally it's not a one-off incident, normally this is something that happens over and over and over again, that resentment builds and it actually slowly eats away at the relationship over time. It erodes the relationship over time. So not only does saying no is not harming other people, quite often it can be a way of you, you can be doing it because you're setting a boundary in order to get closer to um, um, other people. And we've, we've spoken a lot about this in, um, in previous episodes. 
Uh, and we're going to do another episode specifically on this aspect of it going forward. We, we touched on it, I think, in the boundaries episode, which was episode seven. Um, but we're going to do an, a boundaries mini series coming forward as well, where we're going to kind of go into this in more depth and, and be like, OK, we need to really understand boundaries because they're a really big deal. Um, and so sometimes actually what by doing this, even though in the short term it might feel like it's it's problematic to the other person or it's inconvenient or it's um it's not the way they would like things to be done by addressing that it provides the opportunity to get closer to people mm-hmm. unless and not everybody not everybody will take that opportunity and get closer some people will get frustrated and some people will, will feel entitled to the thing that you've done that's okay and it's it's not your responsibility to change that and it's also not something that it's also an indicator that maybe that need isn't as mutually beneficial and mutually fulfilling as you would like it to be in order for it to feel good for both both people so it's one of those things where um sometimes by by saying no by um not doing harm, but saying, setting those boundaries around the things that you don't have the responsibility for and you don't have the capacity for. Sometimes that can be an opportunity also to bring these relationships close together with the right people who are willing to uh, really dive into that space of figuring out how to do relationship in a way that works for both of us. So anything more you want to add on this before we dive out? Dive out? Dive, I'm like, right. Well, normally we dive in, but apparently we're diving out today. Well, if we dove in, then we can dive out. Right? <laughs> we'll dive back into this on our next episode in the Self First series. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be in that one. We're going to be looking at the difference between a safe space and a comfortable space. And also how sometimes a space that feels comfortable maybe actually might compromise your needs so um that's a it's a it's it's an interesting aspect of the self first piece but it's actually a very important one so um yeah looking forward to that stay tuned stay tuned uh right what we'll say in the meantime is thank you for being here thank you for listening thank you for watching um sending you lots of love stay safe until we see you again and remember between now and then to continue meeting your needs lots of love bye bye guys that's it for today If you liked what you heard and would like to see some of Serena's awesome facial expressions, check out the video podcast via Patreon. And remember, there's a difference between doing harm to others and choosing not to meet needs that were never your responsibility in the first place. Well, shit. It really is that simple.